He's got a line. I did not come prepared. You asked me not to come prepared for anything. I did listen to the first episode. I have you know that. Okay. Um, Good enough. But I want to. I want to open with this on the pod. Okay. Okay. So uh, thanks for thanks for letting me change in your pantry, Matt. <laughs> it's real kind of you. Uh, welcome to draw call. <laughs> This is episode two. We got John Blau on the pod. What's up? He uh, just changed in Max Pantry. That's correct. That's right. I was going to weigh myself. There's a... <laughs> there's a scale There's in an there. aptly placed scale. <laughs> That's in right. The, in right. The there's no light, though. There's no light in that pantry. Yeah, there is. There is? You, you missed it. Not yeah, on the like inside. There's a light in there? Yeah, there is. It takes a delayed light. So, like, when you... From the moment when you flick it to the moment when the light comes on is, like... It takes a, like a second, like a full second and a half for it oh, to turn okay. on. I'll okay. show you after we record. I think it was more of a vibe without, to be honest with you. It's I think a better so. story without. So yeah, my, I will, I'm not going to cut this, but I'm going to pretend like I will cut this. Sure. For the for the sake of the pod. Yeah, it is a better story. Because you got the window there that it's like, you can, people can see what you're doing. It's not like there's like blinds or anything. It's an aesthetic it's pantry. Yeah. 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 It is dark though. Especially when it's dark, I feel like it is quite a like someone someone would have to have their face to the glass, like peering in to, to see, see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I doubt anyone was doing that while John was changing out of his clothes. That's I fair. wasn't. I wasn't watching. Actually, you've given me a new thing to so we to look know. out for the next time you change. Have a pantry. nightmare about is what I was gonna say. <laughs> I would really hate for this draw call episode to end in you having nightmares about That's right. changing. That's my, right. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. We got an hour to go. We'll bring you back for episode like thirteen. We'll yeah. run this bit back. Like, how many nightmares? Yeah. yeah, we open with how many nightmares did you have about yeah. my pantry on the pod? Your levels are really good, by the way. That's very good. I hope so. I hope the people at home are yeah enjoying us. One of the things that was wrong in the first episode was uh, whenever you heard like a little bit of white noise, it was the the heat. The heater was on, and that was um, causing a bit of white noise. Because otherwise, it's pretty quiet in here. You know what I mean? Let me take these off. I don't actually need to have these off. You had your headphones on the whole yeah. time. You I had, did look like a professional while you were doing it, though. Yeah, I don't. That's kind of what I'm trying to avoid. I don't really want to <laughs> to be a professional, to look like a professional, <laughs> yeah. or be a professional. Yeah, that makes sense. Until it is required of us. Yeah. Like, so I'm gonna send that to your manager. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally on the podcast now. I could snip that and yeah. just send it straight to your manager. Ah, oh, dude. That's blackmail. That is blackmail, and she's gonna have to respond to it in two episodes. Oh right, because she's gonna she's be, gonna on, be on, the on the pod. <laughs> yeah, did you hear about that? Do you have no? Do you have like a list of people you're trying to have on? I appreciate, <sighs> by the way, just to say, I yeah. do appreciate. It's quite the honor being the second, like the first guest on. Yeah, true. To be yeah, honest with you, you I know, I know you couldn't get chance, but yeah. I'm the next best thing. So does it does it make you feel bad being like not second string, of course, but essentially we, we were definitely like like when when Matt comes to my desk in the morning and we're like catching up on the night shenanigans. Yeah. We're always looking like in that direction, you know. It's always yeah, like right. it's chance true. there, John there. It's yeah. true. So, we are a, a power combo sitting. Oh yeah, right behind each other. I 100 agree. Yeah, we are like we're turning around, we're bothering each other every like hour because we need each other's opinions on things. Yeah, that's it's great. Very, that's no, very that's, cool. That's the way to work. Like that sounds awesome. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Do you have something like that in your life, Z? No, not at all. Well, I sit. With, You're a lone wolf. I sit with Dan Lin occasionally. Yeah, but uh, Dan's pretty. He's in his work. I like how we started this pod off being like, let's not name drop folks at our workplace. Well, you talked so... about you talked about chance before. That's true. Yeah, That's true. It is so easy to do that though. No, it is. They're all great it's like, people. It's true. Yeah, it's I not like we're being like, fuck them. We hate them. No, they're it's like they're amazing people. Yeah, I love my job. I love where I work. 
work at Shell Games, TM, sponsored by a fucking <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Do you want to give the people at home, like, a, an introduction to the, the setup you got here? Like, what, like, how are we configured? <laughs> we talked about this a little bit on the first on the first episode. We did. But, like, God, this place looks like like an upscale designer cracked in, almost. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I like how you started that with upscale. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like a little, like, misdirection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to start it off being like, that's, like, up, it's above, like, regular cracked in, I feel like. But, like, the lighting, I think the lighting is really the worst part. Because you have this one, like, yeah. 80s-looking, like, drab. Light. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is. it's a, a boob light. light. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they call it? Is that like, the official term? No. Uh, no, 100%. Oh, not. <laughs> okay. If you go to Home Depot, you're not going to find a boob light in, no. like, the little search directory. <laughs> hey, where's the boob light at? <laughs> Asking the Home know, Depot. Though. Yeah, yeah it's, on aisle, it's on aisle 19. I think they'd ask, like, why? You yeah. know, like, this is, like, a little outdated at this point. Certainly, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. One of the things I'll have to ask my landlord about next to the, oh, you haven't seen the bathroom yet. No, I right. You know, I'm, I'd prefer not to. John really? changed yeah. in the pantry. Yeah, so I changed in the pantry. Why would you not prefer to see my bathroom? I don't know. Just <laughs> your introduction of upscale crack den <laughs> isn't giving me hope for the for the bathroom. If you know well, what I mean. You can take you know? your pick on what's better: upscale crack den or like Rio de Janeiro roofing. Because we have like <laughs> we have like I don't know if I should put that one in. No, <laughs> no, you cut that one. I'm dude. not cutting it. Uh, I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to <laughs> just cut it. I wish. All right, I'm gonna give a clap. There you go. That's <laughs> why you I cut. Could, I wish I could give you like. It's a favela. Like it's a favela cover. Oh yeah, it's like literally a favela cover. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like there, there was a hole in his bathroom. The the. the people oh, I've above. seen photos of this dude. Yeah, yeah. Show right, me photos right. of it. Yeah, that was making sense. No, that's nutty. Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> that that happened. Yeah, like there was just like water. Just, in your just pooling. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for a little context for our pod listeners, the person above Mac's apartment left the the uh, tub running, and the water overflowed the tub, pooled onto the ground, and then eventually just fell through. Yeah. The just bathroom. Exploded. In, it, like, in Mac's bathroom. And yeah. There's just a hole. Just there was a hole. And yeah, we came back. I came back from work one day, and it was just the floor was just covered in drywall. Yeah. And like concrete and just disgusting like sludge. That's ridiculous. It looked insane. I, can I tell you something? Yeah. Just to just to call it back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I am definitely gonna have a nightmare about that as well. <laughs> that is definitely gonna keep me up at night. That's a good subtitle for this podcast: Nightmare Fuel nightmare for John Blau. Oh my god! Don't <laughs> name a... drop me in the episode <laughs> title, dude. Oh wait, well, what's gonna be? Oh, it's yeah. gonna be John Blau. Feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. I guess Nightmare so. Fuel for John Blau featuring John Blau. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare Fuel. That's episode a good episode. Title. Yeah, that's sure. So we're that's enticing. We're yeah. sitting right next to each other. Like we're right. very. Oh close yeah, that's together. another part of the room aesthetic. Is that because this is like a basement podcast and we're really trying to live up to that name? I have one microphone. For three people, he's got it set to cardioid. For people who know what that it's means. only a cardioid. It's heretical. Yeah, it's what? Do you, what? What do you mean it's heretical? It's heretical, dude. You're recording three people with one cardioid microphone. We we're gotta, like we gotta, up against each other. Look, yeah. I'm here for it. It's I'm great. For it, we're good friends. It's true. This is yeah, fine. It's true. You know, I had some good friends in high school who yeah. uh, had a band, and um, they uh, called themselves the Close Brothers, and they did so because it's a good name. Uh, they played close together. They would be like nearly on top of each other. <laughs> were they all recording they were their playing. music into a cardioid microphone? Um, probably. You know, I want to bet. 
I want to bet. So good. It's really good. You can <laughs> still find their brothers. music on SoundCloud. Really? I want you, they have oh, a wow. Welcome to the Circus EP. Yeah. I attended their basement release of That's that so EP. Cool. It is just, they turned off all the lights. There were like 20 of us down there. Yeah. Like, you could not see anything. Maybe or that, anyone. Maybe that should be the song for the episode. Is that something from Honestly? Welcome to the Circus by the Close Brothers? Yeah. That's great. We should do that. That's great. Yeah. That's that's it. For the people who are listening, eight minutes and twenty three seconds in, that was the music you heard eight minutes ago <laughs> yeah. in the intro when I great. said Welcome to Draw Call. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> something from Welcome what was the well, album name? Welcome to the Circus. Welcome to the Circus they have by another, the Close Brothers. They have another album i don't know what it's called i forget no i do i remember because they printed out stickers for uh to stick on the the what do you call them the stands in the band room um to promote their album of course it's called new choo choo it's called new new choo choo new choo choo is the name of their full release and probably the most famous of those um is flum flum these are great names these are great names yeah these these guys really killed the game are they still producing music uh, I think individually, not as Whoa. the Close Brothers, but I'm, I'm waiting for the reunion tour. The reunion tour, yeah. 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 Uh, Damn, that's so cool. The Close Brothers. Maybe they should be a guest on the podcast. They would 100% say yes. One at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have any relation at all to the games or the games industry? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I mean, well, they, they like games. You. They do. They know me. That's good enough. It's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> for this who, podcast. Who really gives a shit, right? <laughs> yeah. To, also, we should probably introduce... <clears throat> our guest oh geez who am i yeah it's been nine minutes they there's just a third person here and <clears throat> we like we haven't talked about john john wow i kind of like if we just don't introduce like we just like let them just <laughs> <Yeah>. talk <laughs> we don't introduce like this isn't it's, an interview we're just, yeah. we're just talking you know yeah like but for the sake of i guess the listeners at home sure john what do you do what's your job what do i do what's your life like um uh, I'm John. Uh, I'm a game designer. Um, been so for about two years. Um, kind of still fresh out of college. Other than that, um, living here in Pittsburgh, uh, I do some local organizing um, with a local climate justice movement. Um, I like to cook a bunch of food. I play a bunch of music on the side. That's why I knew about that cardioid stuff. Whoa. I didn't know that. Um, what what instruments you play? Uh, some basic bitch stuff. Uh, so like <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. What like the xylophone? No, the xylophone. That's basic bitch. What? Yeah. Xylophone. Who are you hanging out? Yeah. With? What? Really, really cool people. Apparently, that's basic. <laughs> Whoever, anybody who plays the xylophone, like you are cool. I want you to know that. The xylophone. That's Is right. that? I I said that because I thought that was like a a dumb instrument. Like I. I no. Guess, that's a sweet instrument. The xylophone. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, cool a one. I like played that in like when I was like four in preschool. Like. No, that was the Glockenspiel. <laughs> you were playing the Glockenspiel. <laughs> I can guarantee you, you were playing the Glockenspiel. Okay, so what's the difference between the xylophone and the Glockenspiel? Oh, uh, okay, so uh, one is big. This is now a music podcast. One is small. Okay. That's all. That's my. That's extent. really. That's, that's really the extent it. Of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I'm like recalling memories of having, I guess, the Glockenspiel. But I feel like we had a xylophone too. It's bigger, right? Is it wood based? Is it a wood based instrument? Um, you know, that's an excellent question because there's a xylophone. Right, and then there's also, um, there's one other name of another instrument, and one is wood based and one is metal based. Yeah, and there is a difference. I don't know the difference, dude. I feel like I've played a wood based, I guess, like xylophone or its counterpart, 
in preschool. Like, we had a big one. This is now a preschool podcast. I'm picturing Mac, like, not quite grown to his <laughs> current height. Yeah. Like, yeah. standing on a little step stool yeah. and just mashing yeah. all of the wood, wood Guitar blocks. hero. That's right. I just... probably was around that age. Like, that... On the left, that's me. I'm, like, standing at probably, like, this height. Max, Max pointing at a, a photo that he has of himself, I assume. Yes. That's it could idea. not be you. It c- and I, from this distance, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I could just... I look very different here in that photo. That sounds like a good... This is a good, like, visual bit for this audio-only podcast. Yeah. Let's all take a look at That's this right. photo of me and my dad. <laughs> and see how different I look oh compared compared to now. Yeah. That's Honestly, me. Honestly, you don't look that different. Really? No. no, you got the smirk to you. Yeah. <laughs> the you smirk? Got, you got no, the same got the old smirk. smirk. Me and Z were talking about this because uh, we went to a taco place before this, before this episode. And... Uh, I think Zeke and, and many of my friends can always tell when I'm about to be on some bullshit based on how wide the smirk is. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen the Mac Nelson smirk before? I, no, I've seen it once before. Yeah. I've yeah. seen it once before. And it's it's, it's some powerful dubious. stuff. It's dubious. For certain. You know, thing, things are coming. Good or bad. You never know. Yeah. Anyway, throwing this off to the side. Uh, do we want to talk about games at all? Because I don't think we talked about games really... <laughs> You kind of did. We talked about getting one. into games. Yeah, yeah that's which true. I think is like a good. People, people are really curious about that. I get asked that a lot. How did you get into games? How did you yeah, get into good no, question. I get I get people like messaging me on LinkedIn from college. Yeah, who really? are like, yeah, how'd you do it? Right. And I was like, I don't know, dude. All right, yeah. <laughs> tell your friends from LinkedIn now how you did it. Okay, great. The people I have not matched with because you just messaged <laughs> me and I I knew you for fifteen minutes in college and yeah. now you're looking for an in like yeah. And I now guess. he's famous. That's right. Yeah, me. On this podcast. Me here. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Like, most of college, um, I don't know. I started off in computer science. I think that's a, a common bit yeah. for a lot of folks. Certainly. Um, I uh, uh, intentionally went to school, Rochester Institute of Technology, um, that was going to give me a lot of different options. I did not know that I wanted to go into game design. Um, and I knew I wanted to do something in tech, so I wanted a bunch of different good options to move out of computer science if that wasn't the thing for me. So they sure. got a good security program, they've got good software engineering programs, right? Yeah. They got all those things, so I wanted diversity. Yeah. Not in terms of student population, because it does not have that, I want to be very clear, <laughs> but in terms of major stuff. That's um, a, That was a good sort of, like, thing to say. I was like, okay, so what's the diversity look like at Rochester? No, uh-uh. It, it's non-existent. <laughs> Essentially <is> non-existent. <laughs> there is none. There are some great people doing some great work at that school to, to try to make that better, um, yeah. but it, it just is not there. That's a big anyway. hurdle. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it can't. Well, go off. It, this is now well, a diversity a podcast. No, no, go off. Yeah, that's right. The three. <laughs> in the room. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Not to assume. Wait, well, assume what? No, no. <laughs> we'll this, move on. It sounds like a we'll good way on. to spend 15 minutes. We'll no, let's not. <laughs> this is now a... Let's let's hear more about John's journey into games. This is now an MSNBC podcast. <laughs> this is... With, with Brian Williams. Oh, my God. This is a Sunday... minutes. Yeah, this is a Sunday morning news podcast <laughs> on NBC, MSNBC. Chuck Todd. Yeah. yeah. I'm, oh. I'm Al Roker. <laughs> Good bit, dude. I yeah. gotta want to explore that one. <laughs> Go on, John. I'm gonna think about this for next for a couple minutes. Okay. Yeah, yeah think of your joke and interject whenever you want. Okay. <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, most of college, like, I moved out of computer science just because I did not want to be writing, like, these high-level algorithms uh, yeah. for the rest of my life and doing research and all that. that sounds painful. Um, it would have been painful. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, really no good at it. Uh, and so I swapped out of computer science. I still ended up taking up taking a bunch of computer science courses later on, um, stuff in C and everything like that, which I found to be very useful. Um, but I moved into their game development program. Um, and long story short, um, uh basically most of college i was angling to be a producer mm. um that's where i really felt like a lot of my strength lied um uh, was in like people process um that kind of thing interesting um and so literally all of college i i thought okay my way in is going to be through production i enjoy it i love it I, I see the good work that people can do in that role um made a bunch of projects um as like the producer primarily yeah um a lot of them like ended up getting taken to GDC by one of the incubator incubators on campus, um, which is super great. I think I did more work on those projects than actual coursework, um, mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't know. It was at GDC that I met some folks from Shell. Um, they were looking for one of my compatriots, um, <laughs> but they were not around at the booth, and I was, and so we chatted instead. Wow. Um, and so... Are you saying you took that guy's job? I did not, I did not or take... Or girl? No. No. Barrington Maybe. Campbell was the person that they were looking for. Who is that? Barrington Campbell is uh, a dear friend, someone I, I disagree with fervently about a great many things, but is a great friend and a great man, um, who I worked with during college yeah. a lot of time. Anyway, they John, were looking for him. There's so many like good little nuggets that you're dropping that if I were like a shitty host i'd be like talk more about your relationship no you can joe rogan about. this to me like you can you can just interrupt <laughs> me good. at every term for whatever yeah. shit you want to peddle <laughs> yeah. like yeah i'm trying to get some good some gold nuggets i will here. I, I look let me and joe rogan on a podcast like oh, i will i'd pay to ruin see that. that man i, I would ruin, ruin joe man. rogan i would yeah. ruin that man. Ah, that's, that's... i'd pay to see that <laughs> Yeah, I have no respect. John for John Blau versus Joe Rogan. That's right, dude. I throw Ben Shapiro into the mix. Oh, oh my god, that might be one of no. I throw greatest. hands before I threw words at that man. <laughs> ben, you hear Ben Shapiro? You heard it here first. After you get done debating toddlers, you can come. Let me know, dude. House. Let me know. Yeah, Ben Shapiro destroys liberal, liberal game designer. Now I ain't no liberal. And dude. Are you crazy? Oh no! No, did I, I just? You did not. Uh, I mispoliticized you. That's right. That's Shit. right. Leftist. Thank you, friend. Wait. Thank you, friend. Okay. What? I'm going to look really dumb here. You ready? You guys ready? I'm yeah. ready. Silence to sort of mark the moment. Okay. What really is the difference between a liberal and a, and a leftist? Uh, uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. That's, a good, you have, that's a good question. Do, do you have an I have the same question. See, you same, have an answer for I that I have the one? same question. Really? Yeah, let's hear it. I'm not the arbiter of leftism. I want okay. to be very clear. Uh, the difference, uh, I think, in my mind is... Um, uh, John explains it. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Before we get back to... Look, I did about, say I do some local organizing. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I, I actually want to hear more about that. You want to hear more about local... I would love to hear more about local I want to know how you got involved with that and, like, where you see yourself going with that. Because that's really interesting. That, like, so, like, you're really young, John. For everyone who doesn't know John, John's... He's a young one. I'm a youngin. Uh, not true. like super young, but like. I want to try to. I want to hold that title for as long as I can. Would you like to dox your age on the podcast? I'm 23. I mean, I turned 24 everyone on the 24th us, of December. Everyone so. tell us your age right now. All yeah. at once. You at first. The same time? You first. Go. I'm 22. I'm 23. 
Dude, I'm 25. <laughs> oh my god, you're old. What an so old man. You're an old I'm ass so man, old. dude. You're an old man. You ever played Metal Gear Solid 4? I think, <laughs> what? You, I think you'd vibe a lot Speak with that. Speak up, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Metal what? <laughs> uh, metal. <laughs> that was good. So good, in fact, that I don't have a way to continue riffing on it. Uh, I'm old as shit. I get it. You're not old, dude. 25. I get, I get like riffed young. on that all the time. What? No way, really? Yeah, people in the studio, my parents. Are you serious? Yeah, that's crazy. Five is not, especially I mean, people. A, of they the label studio. it as a quarter of a century. When you label it like that, it's old. Well, you're not going up and introducing yourself as being a quarter of a century old, are you? No, but like you say, you're 25. Yeah. And like, if someone's like looking for a fight, they're gonna call you a quarter of a century. Oh, I see. You know, yeah. I see. I'll save that for later in the pod then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. When we inherit, right. when we. <laughs> Inherently have a political disagreement in five minutes. That's right, right. That's right. Shut up, old timer. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You boomer ass dumbass. <laughs> you fucking dumbass. Uh, all right. Uh, but John, political, political organizer. Yeah, I, I am genuinely curious to know like how you got involved with that and like where you see yourself going with that. Yeah, dude. That's um, cool. uh, I got involved with it um, because uh, over the course of the last primary, right, 2016 primary, I was just in a bunch of doomer group chats. Mm. um and i was horrible it was awful i was sick of that vibe um and i wanted out and i wanted to actually do something i was stuck in my home because mm-hmm. pandemic had just happened right. i had just moved to pittsburgh i knew nobody in pittsburgh right oh, my yeah. partner broke up with me right like oh, this whole no. this no. whole cascade of things yeah. okay yeah and Your so i could have gone in a very different direction yeah that's just true and so i said i want to do something uh, to help people i don't know like whatever it is and so i was just looking for a any opportunities locally whether it was to volunteer whether it was to like get involved in local organizing get yeah. involved in a campaign somehow uh, i didn't know what i was looking for exactly um yeah. but i just went on the search and um found a local group it, it's the local like sunrise movement hub um which is a climate justice org um and we do a bunch of stuff related to well, climate, climate and justice, right mm-hmm. here in the Pittsburgh region. Pittsburgh's got some awful air quality. Uh, yes, that is so true. It's like a. It's. I have asthma. It's like a stereotype of Pittsburgh, bad. and a true one. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. It's I'm, very bad. Yeah, well, having asthma plus that has got to be awful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like two times a week at least, I'm waking up with my inhaler. Really? Because it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's difficult. Beat. It's not good. Well, and that was the story that I was told. I knew nothing about Pittsburgh. I, like, knew that I was going to have a job here, but I knew nothing about the city itself, mm. right? Um, except for the fact that they had awful air quality. And so, for that to be the only thing that I knew about Pittsburgh, I drive down to Pittsburgh. It's a fun thing to, like, be flying into Pittsburgh. And <laughs> no. Like, yeah, this place. I can't breathe. You enter the Purple Haze, like, yeah. dome. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. It's like entering the storm in Warzone. <laughs> yeah. It's like the gas. It's like, oh, well, this is Pittsburgh, I guess. For that to be the story that I was introduced to Pittsburgh with, Right. Then to drive down here for the first time, super excited, trying to find an apartment, right? Like, going to visit the studio for the first time. And before I even get a foot out the door, I open my car door and take a whiff of air and I say, damn. Like, they're right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it smells bad. like rotten eggs. Yeah. It smells Is awful. It really bad? Okay. I'm like... That was my first impression, dude. I didn't even no, have a foot bad. on the ground. Compared to, like, other places? Compared to, like, New York? Yeah, it's bad. Like, New York City? New York's bad. New York City has New better York City air. is not that bad. 
Better air, air quality in New York City is not that bad. Dude, I'm like, California's pretty bad. Okay. But that's where I grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's pretty bad. Like, we had we had smog days where you couldn't, like, run outside. It was just, like, all afternoon activities were canceled. That sounds really bad. It is pretty bad. But New York doesn't have that. Does Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh worse than, like, California? I think it is. I would say it is. It, it can be on some days, right? Yeah. So Jesus, when dude. Claritin Coke Works is going off, yeah. um, you can certainly smell it a lot more here yeah. in Pittsburgh than you can in some of those big cities, um, just because it's a little bit more diffuse in those big cities. Right. We're like a couple miles from the source of those pollutants, right? Yeah. Like okay. You're talking about an entire city full of cars, which is all around, versus a couple sources near to the city that are just letting their particulates fly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So understood. Anyway, that's the that's the kind of stuff that I do. Um, there are some great folks in that organization who I like hang out with on the regular mm-hmm. nowadays. Like we saw Dune. Um, oh, cool. This like as, a, as like an organization or like a for someone's birthday. Yeah. Yeah, okay, and cool. people from the org got invited. That's so, cool. um, it's just been a great source of like one optimism and hope yeah. here for my new home, right mm-hmm. here in Pittsburgh. This is your um, home, your new home. My are new you home. I'm staying here for a while. Yeah, at least another year, I would say. That's at least another year. Yeah. Where are you? Whoa, that's, that's, that's a like long not. Mess, but yeah, what do you mean? Not, <laughs> what do you mean? It's not a long. That's y'all long are mess, John. y'all are planning like five years. Like I was li- literally, literally on our walk yeah. here, <laughs> on our walk to pick you up or to like find out where you were. I was literally telling Mac my like five year plan. Wow. Or like how I perceive my five year plan. Yeah, okay. Like What's the five year plan? It's. Spill it out now. <laughs> You don't need to do. We can we can cut whatever we need no, to. No, we won't. It is. I'm not cutting it. I'm not. I'm not cutting that Rio joke. I'm not cutting your five year plan. <laughs> it's a sense. I I don't see myself in Pittsburgh five years from now. Is the breaking plan. my heart. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's sense. the TLDR of the plan. Yeah. <sighs> that was my heart exploding. Yeah. This dude. But how like, are we gonna do a pod in five years? We're making trillions of dollars. A Discord. Dude, that sucks. Oh my god. I can't do a Discord podcast. Oh my god. Any saying... audio engineers freaking out right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh Albert. my god. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ooh. Albert. Ooh, that's a good. That's a good uh, guess oh, right we there. We should get Albert. Yeah. I'm putting anyway. that. I'm putting that down in my little notebook. Yeah. Um, Damn, you're really like set on like leaving Pittsburgh in five years. I'm not. I'm not super set on it. Okay. That's my like tentative five year plan. Got it. Okay. There are like other like sub check marks that I'm trying to reach before. I make a decision, a decision like that. Some side quests. Yeah, exactly. The only way, that, you know? the only way that we're gonna be able to t- turn this podcast into games is just by throwing game lingo into other conversations we yeah. have. Because some yeah. ludo narrative dissonance. Oh yeah. God, don't. You gonna <laughs> yeah. start that conversation? That, <laughs> no, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I really don't. No, John, you what's your opinion on ludo narrative? You dissonance. had said like that was like your like design eye being opened on the last thing, and I want you to know like it. It was kind of the same for me, and I hate that. But it's a, that's how it is for so many people. I know, I know. It, yeah. I, I was just about to say I don't want to talk about it, but we're on a podcast, so maybe we should. You have to I talk hate about hate something. Talking about it. Well, Ludo narrative dissonance is like a gross term. Why? It's just like thrown around, dude. It it means nothing and it means everything that's in right. game design. It's true. You know, it's a way to critique any game without like, like. Just throw it out there, and people will need to spend forty-five minutes really like diving in yeah. to see if you were right or not. You, you know? think Uncharted Four has ludo narrative dissonance? See, but this is the sort of—that's exactly what we mean. <laughs> you can't answer that question like yeah, you can like this. Yeah, you can. Yes, ha- it does. Having just oh, I, I, 
we ha- one i haven't played the game <laughs> right same i have not played it this is a gaming podcast <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> you don't have to have played uncharted 4 to be a gamer in fact you probably are never mind anyway yeah. anyway okay so yeah. why can't you talk about ludo narrative like i'm I'm, I, obviously, it's a buzzword term, right? Because you can right. use it to like critique a game. Because any game, like you're going to be doing things that you wouldn't normally do as a character or as like you know someone in general, right? right. But like, is it not even useful at all to be like as like a term to like throw in as like a stopgap almost? Like if something is going really off the rails, like I don't. If you're to the point where you're so off the rails that you need to throw out the ludonarrative dissonance argument, there's a bunch of other arguments yeah. or like things that you should have considered yeah. before you get to that point. I okay. would agree with that, yeah. I'm trying to it's think just, of a good example of a the, game. The that... only time I can think of like ludonarrative dissonance being like a serious topic of discussion is like in the development of like a serious game. Like a like a a game for like That's another therapy. Really good one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. For like, you know, something where it's not, it's not a quote like gamey game. Yeah. It's supposed to be a gamified experience. Right. Where it's based in realism. That's about, the only time where I'm like. What about games that are trying right, to tell like quote unquote serious stories, but then they have gamified but it's, portions. It's still of a this. game. Well, I, I right. actually disagree with you. Z. I think oh, like. Oh, all right. Let's hear. It. We it's got another... a, we got a discussion here. Yeah, folks. this is it. Tune in. You, episode and a half in, we finally have a actually, discussion. About I, video I actually games. have never like dug deep into this with anyone because I'm j- I just yeah. like really don't just like talk ri- about it. written it off. Yeah, it's like a, so just a I'd love to hear okay. for every video. other game dev, they're gonna listen to these first two episodes and say, Jesus Christ, it's another Ludo narrative <laughs> yeah. dissonance pod, dude. That's exactly what this they're is now say. a Ludo narrative dissonance podcast. I want to say though, this is a basement pod. Yeah, right? right. It's a basement pod, so a lot of variety, but because it's a basement pod. <clears throat> doesn't mean you don't need to stay surface level you can you can go a little deeper than that right Definitely. basements below the surface surely basement yeah we're trying to basement <laughs> listen i i really I do definitely not basement yeah i really do want this podcast to be two things one riffs it should be funny at least on a surface level if it's not funny then it fucking sucks but two like some serious like discussion like like you just said the nature of a basement podcast is that you don't have like the normal restrictions of like a high production value. Like you don't have to come right. to a clean point. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. can just talk about stuff and get as deep as we want without having to worry about like, you know, does it? <laughs> well, I mean, it should make sense, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't. It does. Not everything has to be one hundred percent coherent in like manufacturing. That actually brings up a really good question I have for John. Okay. From like a game design perspective, but I kind of want to hold off on it. Because okay. I want to, I want to like engage this discussion about ludo narrative dissonance. Sure, I want to preface this discussion by saying we we may be professionals, but we are not necessarily we're not like experts. <laughs> yeah, right? right. Like we know as much about ludo narrative dissonance as probably a bunch of other game designers. I would yeah. assume, or right? Just gamers. Is you the yeah. listener? Like our hobbyists. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like we're not out here thinking about this twenty four seven. So whatever discussion you hear. Yeah. Uh, we could be totally off base and uh, add us on Twitter. Yeah, we would love to hear <laughs> yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. yeah, if you've made it this far. Anyway, what's so so? Let's talk about it. Let's talk. About yeah, it. let's talk about it. I I I don't. Okay, I'll preface this by saying I don't like talking about it uh-huh. because the way I learned about game design in college, 
Ludo narrative dissonance was like the cornerstone of the curriculum. That's dumb. Whoa. Like that was like this is like how you, this is like oh this is NYU. No, this was uh my undergrad. Oh okay. Th- okay. This was like this is how you can like think about games and like, like this is they a frame the discussion good, on really yeah they what like this is that's how, insane if if like your actions in the game don't match up with like the narrative of the game it's not a good game and i was like mm, that's the most like I don't know that's about very that. that's very not i kind of like that take really like, not from a you're gonna teach students this angle sure. to approach games from and, and only that angle sure but as a take like for you to say something like that, like if the actions in the game don't match the motivation right. of the character you're playing, sure. right? Like, surely at every possible level, like that is certainly one way to approach your design, which like, I think is kind of cool. It's it, very it's, limited. It's cool, but it's impossible to satisfy. Is my is Whoa, my? That's like, fair oh, enough. Really? That's fair enough. Like, let's okay. Legend of Zelda, for example, right? Yeah. Links. Like, motivation is to save Zelda, save the world, whatever the fuck. Who cares? Right? Yeah. That's, like, the plot. Great. Why is he throwing pots? Why is he throwing pots at the door to get rupees? Like, why is he cutting grass? Why is he picking up pigs and throwing them around? Why is he picking up chickens and, like, you know, like, why, why, why? That has nothing to do with saving Zelda. That's, like, a random... Yeah, but that's he's like just, he's just going crazy. It's true. I mean, I feel like those are like tertiary, like not tertiary, but like, I guess yeah, like secondary, like side things. Like it's like saying like, oh, like going and like getting ice cream has nothing to do with my goal of coming here and getting soap at the grocery store. But it's like it's something else to but, do. But it's in affordance of the game. Like I can do that. Yeah. If it, if it wasn't part of my motivation, why allow it in the game? Uh. I, like what is that what does that argument. say about link's character right is is what it comes down to like yeah. be, the fact that you the player can go around ignoring everything right yeah. like only dealing with chickens and breaking people's pots and doing that again and again and again right, right. and for that to be your loop through you could play that for three hours and then get on with it right yeah like sure that inherently is at odds with the tension that the story tries to provide right. right and that the narrative tries to provide um i th- i th- think like a big part of the discussion is how easy is it to do those things like if you have fun doing that right and i have to preface this by saying i've not played a zelda game <laughs> so i'm like guessing that's a big out you a dude. fake gamer that's right i i guess i am dude wow. talking to us about uncharted 4 but you haven't played a zelda game dude <laughs> i i this is Link's the main character in that game. Did you know that though? Yeah. It's not Zelda. After I, dude, I literally learned that like three years ago. I think. Wow. Yeah, I like lived my entire life up to like probably like when you were nineteen. Uh, honestly, I was probably like fifteen or sixteen when I finally learned it because I had a bunch of friends who were like really into Zelda, and they're like, I was like, yeah. So do you play as Zelda? And they're like, no, you play as Link. And I was like, really? They look. I thought. Just like, to be clear, you don't need to know any of this. You don't need to have played a Zelda game to be a gamer. Right. We're not gatekeeping this. We're just egging him. We're just egging. That's him. another. That's this another is a, whole thing. This yeah. is a Mac gets bullied podcast. That's another... right. You were saying something though, Mac. Yeah, um, keep keep going. You were saying going. we. I was riffing on you. Let's uh, keep going. That's cool. It satisfies one of the requirements of the podcast, which is for Check. it to be funny. Check. Um, shit, I literally did forget what I was saying. Oh, um, like 
I think as a game designer, you have to balance like the the wish for you like yourself to like get on with a story as like the person who's designing the game with the freedom of like what is making the game fun, right? Like you can like do the same loop of something a bunch of times. You can do like anything like that. Like if you stayed in one place and just explored one cavern or whatever of Zelda for four hours, right? Right. That is ludonarrative dissonance. Well. Like in itself, no? I suppose what you're talking about is sort of player agency to, yeah. to, to avoid the narrative, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is sort of separate from ludonarrative dissonance, right? If, if one chooses not to engage with the narrative at right. all, that's an active choice that that person is making, right? Or a, a subconscious choice that that, that player right. is making, which is, is fine, not, but separate from ludonarrative dissonance. Is it not an active choice to in, in like avoid the narrative by just like fucking around with like the in like AI and the environment? Well, for but hours? ludonarrative dissonance would say that um, the game designers have intentionally mechanized right. and made fun the elements which are at odds with the narrative, right? right? Huh. So that's that's the like difference between the, the thing that you are encouraged to do as a player yeah. is not the same thing which the narrative is encouraging you to do right right like that's the core tension. So are we saying that avoid ludonarrative dissonance you have to avoid putting fun things in the game that don't have to directly do with the narrative? Is that how you completely avoid ludonarrative dissonance? No. How do you Okay, so I, like I wouldn't say fun things just just things? Just things. Yeah. <laughs> just things that don't have to do with the narrative you just avoid? Like, a game with, like, I would say in, like, a... And correct me if I'm wrong, John, but yeah. in, like, a... In, like, a hypothetical world, a game with absolutely zero narrative dissonance is a game where you have a plot to go from, like, point A to point B, for yeah. example, and you just go from point A to point B. And that's, and that's the only thing you can do. Yeah, it sounds impossible to avoid. And that, if... In this definition of ludonarrative dissonance, right? Because otherwise, like, there's no space for player agency. You have to do what the game wants you to do, and that's it. Like, that sounds boring. <laughs> Almost. It's tough because, like, agency... The term narrative is also fraught. It's because true. narrative implies, like, there is some arc that's going on, right? right? Or, like, there's some journey that is happening. Right. When in reality, like, you could make that same... A to B um, uh, game, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the only thing that you can do is go from A to B. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you could, along the way, include a bunch of flowers on the side that you could investigate, right? Or inspect, right. or pick, or forage, or do something like that. Yeah. And there does not have to be a narrative to that game, right? right? Because there's no motivation, necessarily. It's just an open box yeah. in which you exist. You're just walking. Right. And looking at flowers. Right. There's right. no arc. There's no... <laughs> yeah, it's just a game without narrative. Things. So the ludonarrative dissonance discussion doesn't even apply in that sense because there's no... There's nothing to base it off of. Like, well, the, you wouldn't apply the ludonarrative dissonance, like, sort of label to a game, like a multiplayer game, right? Because those games don't really have much of, like, a sort of... Well, I mean, it depends on the multiplayer game, I suppose, right? Like, like think of, like, a multiplayer shooter, for example, right? Like, sure. those games have setting... They have lore. They don't have, like... There's no hero's journey. There's no, like, I'm starting here and I'm ending here. Like There, there is an implied narrative in a lot of yeah. those multiplayer maps, though, about who is going in, who is already exists in that space, right? Think about... Right. Yeah, there's implied I mean, narratives yeah, there. But, like... But, 
Also, I just want to say, this is why I don't like this term. <laughs> like, this discussion so that we're yeah. going in circles, and it's like, it's like a fractal. Like, you can just keep breaking this down. It is an excellent lens yeah. through which you can Whoa. view or critique a, a piece of work. And if the narrative is, like, if players are feeling like they are, um, like, if players are walking away or making decisions in your games which are contrary or leading them down paths that narratively are making them frustrated, then the lens of ludonarrative dissonance can be really empowering. Yes. Yes. I would agree to that. Yeah. But I don't like ludonarrative dissonance as a metric of this game is good or this game is bad. Absolutely. I think that is like you're surely yeah. you're done dude like that's not i mean yeah i mean i think if you use any metric at all to say purely this game like the only metric that should be like an all or nothing is is this game fun well that's right? a whole that's a whole nother yeah. <laughs> so, you know i just gave each other a look we were like oh no one like no one like that dude, one i'm not engaging with that discussion uh -uh, tap Why? me out right is now this game i'm gonna fun? go get my shoes from my car right now you all can talk about it. i'll be back in five you know is that's that like is that that's seriously subjective, that's the subjective side of like games i think it's yeah. like yeah but i mean yeah but game reviewing in general is subjective right is this game oh, man it, it is and it isn't is the game fun like you can't i feel like if you're a game reviewer but fun, right? fun to whom right right that's like, the person reviewing it right i mean yeah that's the job of a game reviewer right is to like try and look at it try to look at a like inherently subjective sort of art of critiquing something as objectively as possible in order to serve the greatest amount of people looking at the review. I have a hot take for you. Okay. I don't want my reviewers to be objective. I, I yes. Yes. I agree. Tell me about that. I mean, yeah, it's hard to be objective with a subject, with an inherently subjective thing, which is why, I mean, yeah, that's, that's why you have reviewers who have their own opinions and have like their own likes and dislikes. But like that goes back to like the, is this fun argument? That's the thing that every reviewer has to, like, decide, right? But, like, when I play a game, that's not always what I'm thinking of. Like, I, yeah. that's not my most important question in my brain. Is this fun? Sure. It's I mean, not. Is... So that, that's why I want okay. my reviewers to be subjective, because I can go to a bunch of different reviewers yeah. and listen to their, like, really hot takes and, like, their personal opinions, and I can be like, I identify with this person. Okay. This, is, this guy is going to be my, like my go-to reviewer yeah yeah because i agree with this person's takes we're similar we have similar personalities similar ideologies yeah i think that's great but i i agree with john like objective reviewers yeah they don't do nothing. it for me they no. don't they don't yeah i mean i i didn't say like objective reviewing as in like that exists like i know for a fact that there is no objective reviewer sure i'm saying like there are some reviewers that try and um like, you know, make at least disclaimers to be like, you know, I'm this type of person. So, like, this didn't really hit it for me, but this might do it for you. Like, blah, blah, blah. Sure. You know what I mean? Trying to put that in there. But, like, what other metric, like, are you enjoying? So, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Okay. I like to play games that hurt me. Okay. Okay. Ooh, sure. All right. I like to play games that hurt me on an emotional level, sometimes on a physical level. So so those aren't fun for you. Damn. All right. Wait, can you drop a couple? Yeah. The, the lens. <laughs> Name drop. Yeah. Yeah. Name just, drop. just like, oh gosh, anything that, um, to the moon, to the moon is brutal. It's yeah. a brutal game. That's a brutal game. That was the first, I played that a long time ago. That's like, 
I haven't played it yet. I really... No, like... that's a brutal game. That was the first game I think that I cried to. Really? It was. Oof. It was. Nice. Um, John's glowing recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> that's John's all or it's... nothing. Did I cry? That's yes right. No. But, like, that's exactly the sort of game which is, like, am I playing this because it's fun? No. Yeah. Like, it's right. an RPG Maker game, as far as I'm, I know, that, like kind of has a bunch of pacing problems that has mm. all these weird mini games that don't make any sense um and like are any individual components of that game fun would i say that that is a fun game to play at all probably not yeah okay. right but i love that game is there I another is there another like adjective that we can use to describe a game that is just something that you don't want to stop playing interesting enjoyable immersive like what's is there any sort of catch-all term that does it for you i don't think there is that's why games are so like hard to talk about to make yeah because they're so individual that's but like, this is why you need a subjective right like reviewer who's gonna provide those different right. like you know flavors that's yeah. right like, if I want to go to a reviewer that gives me a game that tells me if it's going to hurt me or not, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. If you know of a reviewer like that, or if you are a reviewer like that, let me know. Yeah. Slide <laughs> into my DMs with those recommendations. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. Pyre hurt me, right? Ooh, like, yeah. that's a game that hurt me. It's also fun for different reasons. Sure. But that yeah. game hurt me. Is that a super giant game? Pyre? It is a super giant game. Yeah, that's yeah. a good game. Have you you played it? I have played Pyre. Yeah, that's a good game. Wow, I it, feel like it's all it's a game that is all about like your fantasy football team right in uh, purgatory, and you're all trying to escape from purgatory. Yeah, and as you do better and better and better, you lose more and more team members, mm -hmm. and like that core tension. Oh, so you're trying so to escape good. purgatory. Yeah, escape purgatory. Oh, yeah, those those seem like two exactly different, like, sort of uh, motivations. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. That's good. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Tire by Supergiant. Highly recommend anything by Supergiant, frankly. This I am is a, super a big Supergiant stan. They, yeah. Supergiant's pretty fucking great. You play Hades? Oh, yeah. You, Hades? I have not played Hades. Whoa. I was on the fence purchasing it so i watched a streamer play it yeah and i just ended up watching them oh. play the whole game <laughs> and i was like ah nice well i don't want to pay money anymore yeah to oh. buy this like, I, i've seen it and like i it looks fun like if someone asked me is it a good game i'd be like sure it's a good game yeah <laughs> it looked like a good game it is a great game to play as a game designer for okay. so many different reasons like where they are putting their investment time as a studio mm -hmm. and as like a design team is so interesting um mm -hmm. it's so like really really well done um i don't know like highly recommended to well play we it. watched that uh G were you there that lunch where oh yeah watch the gdc talk about yeah the, was like... it, it was darren no sorry um Gay greg cassavan cassavan yeah and darren korb right right and they were talking about like the vo yeah. Of the Hades characters yeah, yeah. and like how yeah man that type of investment and in just like the voiceovers for the characters that's like a type of love that is very underappreciated in I think most gamers like they like that type of like 
At least can you give can you give an example of what they were talking about? Like what is that sure. love that they're showing? They spent so much time like building out these character sheets, like not building out, writing these character sheets for all the characters and like fleshing out personalities of all the characters in Hades for the sole purpose of getting like the perfect voice over actor to do the the like dialogue uh, lines. And it, it was like an, an intense process that lasted like the entire duration of the development cycle, yep. right? Like it was constant. It was in parallel with like making the real game. And like that, you just don't see that. Like dialogue VO is, I don't know. I feel like for most games, it's sort of an afterthought or it's sort of something they like schedule towards the end of development when like everything else is fleshed out. But to do VO in parallel with development there's going to be crossover, right? In in like how the game's developed versus how the VO is done. Yep. And it's just great. They influence one another. It's so beautiful to see. This is part of why the early access model for them really worked out. It's yes. because they were able to do just a couple of those characters mm -hmm. up front, mm -hmm. right? Zag. Um, uh, I think they must have gotten Megara early. I forget. Um, but like yeah, a couple of those characters, right? Logan Cun Cunningham as mm -hmm. Hades, right? Brilliant, fantastic. Um, but they got a couple of them, and then they were able to spend that time. Right. Right. Really, like, waiting with these characters, finding the right people for yeah. them. Yeah. It's beautiful to see. You love to see it. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like... Okay, I'm going to have to play, like, more games, I think. I'm so... Uh, and I talked about this a bunch, uh, just in general. Not on the podcast, but I feel like I have been playing games that have just ruined my ability to enjoy single player experiences. Sure. Like like when I was super into like my esports phase, you know what I mean? Sure. It's yeah. just like as one gets. Yeah, as one gets. It's just like, man, I've spent years of my life playing this one thing. Yeah. And that's like what I know. What's right. the what was that one game for you? Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Yikes. Actually, either... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say... Sorry, no, go on. Go no, go on. Go Why did you say yikes? Sorry. Go on. <laughs> go on. No, dude. Not no, dude. My bro no, my brother was also super into CSGO. Yeah. And was like, I don't know, doing the whole like Steam trading thing. Oh, like, yes. all, all oh, yes. He, he knows. He was doing the like... <laughs> he knows. Wrist flick tests or whatever it was <laughs> yeah, right? that you yeah. would have like to download aim, like aim training that's right aim aim labs? that's right oh dude that rules man that's right the oh. kind of stuff that valorant has just like rolled in yeah right now, now that's right. i think it's very interesting that valorant has literally like from the ground up and like yep we're an esports game it's this great. is this is what we are well it's and riot so i mean yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's very like true. all i can think about is is how esports can we, how can we esportsify yeah our game catalog yeah, but it was Counter Strike for a while, and then for uh, for a couple of years, I was really into Rainbow Six Siege, because um, uh, yeah, Counter Strike just wouldn't do it for me anymore. But uh, so yeah, how would you characterize the games that you like? John likes games that hurt him, <laughs> not exclusively, not exclusively, but, but like that's it's true. I guess I like games <laughs> that hurt me in a different way. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, I guess you like emotionally, like sort of. Like yeah, devastating. Yeah, I want to be a different person. I want to feel like I've lost something. Yeah. 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 Okay. I I uh, like being hurt by the 
nature of of sport <laughs> of competition uh i yeah i'm i guess i'm a really competitive like gamer i suppose okay so like sort of team-based experiences that are like have a high skill ceiling and yeah like you basically just get really fucking pissed off if you lose mm-hmm. and that's that's basically the game those in tactical shooters <laughs> yeah. which which funny enough are not they don't really exist and there's like there's a uh, layover uh, sure. or overlap but they don't they're kind of in different categories which is interesting to say the least um, actually in really different categories a lot of the best tactical shooters have no multiplayer component whatsoever but uh, yeah so the counter-strike Rainbow six they both had that sort of high skill ceiling like, if you make a mistake, like even a tiny one, you're dead, and you might have lost your team in the game, mm-hmm. and everyone's pissed off at you, yeah, and people are calling you names, yeah, yeah, and that's I that's what I used to love. I don't really, I don't. It doesn't really do it for me anymore because I don't like getting angry anymore for yeah. fun. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess the, that's the emotion. You like sadness. I like anger. Or I used to like anger. Sure. Yeah. Now I'm yeah. just looking for the new emotion that yeah. I like. What emotion in, are you looking games. for? Me? James, see, yeah. I, um, that's a good question. I don't... Mm, emotion. Yeah. Emotion. Like, <laughs> like the Carly Rae Jepsen album. <laughs> in that order. <laughs> yeah. That was a good job. <laughs> that, that was a good one. I... Okay, I don't know if I have like an emotion... That I search for, but I, in general, really like systems, really complex, really deep hmm. systems, and like number crunchy things. That's the kind of stuff that gets me really. You like, play StarCraft. I don't like StarCraft. No, StarCraft is not that game. Really, particularly no. Yeah. StarCraft is just like you gotta, you gotta know where to look. You gotta know your build orders, yeah. build times. Yeah. What what kind like, of stuff do you mean? Like Baba's You, like like that rule system of Baba's You. Oh, like the. Like the infinite puzzle kind yeah, of thing. Like yeah. infinite puzzle. Like like here's here's a set of tools that we give you uh, from like a game design perspective, and then as a player, you're just like combining these tools in like crazy ways. That kind of stuff is so fun. Yeah, I could I could play those kind of games literally all day long. Do you know how to design for those? Because that is like the one category that I feel I am like anybody who can design stuff like that. I they're on another level to me. I I'm still learning. Like that is that is what I want to be. Yeah. In like the studio. That's yeah. like my that's what I want my like name tag to read. That's right? cool. And the only the only answer I have for you, John, for like how you design that, is you build the system and then you just play with the system for like weeks and months. The only way to like figure out what works and what doesn't is to just play constantly with it. Yeah. And just see what, like, try new things, re- like, delete things, try different combinations. That's the only way. Yeah. That's the only way I know. Maybe that's, someone else knows. No, that's so interesting. You know? It's so much fun, though. Like, I, even, like, Pokemon, for example, like, that system, it's not, it's, like, not solved. I don't, like, solve systems. Pokemon has, like, optimal movesets and stuff, but the, like, combination of moves and, like, uh, like all the different actions you can take in a given turn, like that's so interesting. 
Yeah. Optimal gameplay is like the greatest thing in the world. We're going to talk systems design now. You want to talk some systems design? I love systems design. So I play a lot of RPGs um, and have written some as well. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I want to do something. There's this in February on Kickstarter. Whoa. There's this event called Zine Quest. Which is basically Ooh. all the like indie RPG designers make something and they put it out there and it basically has like a hundred percent chance of getting funded. Um, that's <laughs> like that's just how it rolls. Right. Which is a great event, right? It's like yeah. Christmas for RPG designers. Yeah. Um, but system is in some ways really important to mm-hmm. RPGs and in basically every other way, it does not matter at all. Right. And so I got a friend who's in a master's program at NYU right now and he loves to do RPG stuff. Um, shout out Sam Sorensen, the goat's head. Sam Sorensen. Sam Sorensen. Do I know you know Sam, Sam Sorensen? I know Sam Sorensen. What do you mean you know Sam Sorensen? <laughs> Hold up. Let me say I know of Sam Sorensen. We are in a Discord together. You're in a Discord together. Yes. Oh, we, are, okay. we are in the NYU Discord. Okay, so together. tell me what. Tell me what. No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> what tell do me you your know personal of Sam Sorensen? I have seen. I've never talked to him because of COVID. Like that, I just didn't meet half of the yeah. people I went to school with. Yeah. But I've seen like the posts. I've seen Sam's posts. I've seen like uh, progress updates of his game of, of like their games. Yeah. It's great. It's Sam's great. He's he's great. He's uh, brilliant in many ways, but he likes gritty, visceral verisimilitude. Like, yeah, I would. I would those are that. the sorts of games that he creates. Yeah. Anyway, so. And he, master's thesis, right? Big important thing. He's trying to make a system, okay? Right? And um, I think what you said about like you just need to like make a thing and play with it constantly. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of walked himself back into doing that right now, mm-hmm. right? Where we're yeah. playtesting every week, like this thing, just kind of vibing, feeling it out. Like, what do we want out of this? What do we as players want to bring to this? Yeah. Um, uh, I think our group of players that we have together is good because we like to hurt each other emotionally through yeah. RPGs, right? right. Um, and so that's the kind of thing he's trying to create right now. I get the sense cool. of it. Cool, yeah, very cool. Um, but that's really important, right? Yeah. It's just like, again, 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 tweak again. it, again, yeah, tweak 100%. it, again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's not... I also want to say, like, at that point, I don't think you should be getting outside players. Like, it should be a very internal process right where you like you are playing with like your baby of a system and you are seeing what you like from it mm-hmm. and i think that's more important than getting like some outside play testers perspective at that point i agree there's an attitude in the rpg sphere which is don't play test your games which i really? think yes that which i dangerous. kind of agree with not on a whole holistic like you're making consumer level products kind of an ideal standpoint yeah but like for that again to be a provocative take like do not play test your game make the thing that you want to make and send it out into the world and see what happens like mm. provocative that is interesting yeah do you think that applies to other genres it, i think it can that sounds dangerous that's so interesting would you apply that to a multiplayer game sure why not because it would what if it dies checkmate max what if it dies what if you don't care if it dies hmm i get uh, that's like masochistic game design yeah that sounds well, really right? like, that sounds really tough what dude. if you are trying to put this thing out into the world and you do not care how much money it makes and you don't need to pay rent and all this other stuff yeah. right and like i mean what yeah would no, like you... a perfect world yeah yeah sure but like if you're creating like a product like a multiplayer game i just feel like 
you, you have to like test at least at some point, right? Because what if the system you develop is just entirely wrong and it just doesn't work from like a like a from like a technical level? It's How not would, just not fun; it just doesn't work. Well, I think there's a difference between it technically not functioning and not play testing from yeah. a design perspective. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so say if like if you're making a game that has like faucets and sinks or whatever, great, right? yeah, and you have big multiplayer title, yeah, 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 you have. <laughs> but you're making big multiplayer title TM. That's right. And you have like a big ass faucet, but a tiny ass sink, and the game just gets flooded. The economy just doesn't work. Like, sure. You could have fixed that by like playtesting it early. But if you release it like that, like, does, do you think that that sort of still holds up? In, sure. With that. Because so, then it's, it's a flooded game, and like that's kind of fun. Well, yeah, what if you, you were making a flooded game? Right, like, or if you didn't, now you've created that thing. Is that not moving the goalpost a little bit? Like, you set out to no, make this totally. thing, and Dude, then it totally it like. But that's what making games is. Yeah, is <laughs> like <laughs> setting up your own expectations for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, I've never made a game where my expectation was to sell a million copies. Sure. Yeah, but you have the expectation of like this game is gonna work in this way at least like a general idea right you have to have that in order to build what you're building sure well i want to i want to separate two things there's okay the the game that you are intending to make and then there's the game that players perceive and engage with sure yeah yes. and, and sort of the way that they play right and so you can create a game that you are intending to make yeah right that speaks to you personally that fulfills your creative desire and you can not care at all what anybody, how anybody else plays it, how anybody else reacts to it, however it's distributed, yeah. any of those things. You can ignore it yeah. and still release that as a game and be okay with the idea that, yeah, that sink's going to flood. That's literally my entire itch page. <laughs> yeah. Just... It's full of games that I'm like, yeah, this fucking rocks. But, like, I know they're broken. Like, in, from a, thir- like, a, you know, objective yeah. perspective, like... They're not good. Like they're, they are what they are. I'm happy with them. I think they're fun. I still play them occasionally just to like, reminisce and see like, oh yeah, I remember like <laughs> building this thing. Yeah. But. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story about a game that I guess I designed and got made, and it just failed spectacularly sure. because we didn't play test enough. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's hear this. Yeah. Okay. So once upon a time there was a you might know bits and pieces of this. See. Once upon a time, there was a community called Bastion RP. No, I know bits and pieces of this too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So we set out to create a Daisy like role playing mod, but what we were essentially creating was a a multiplayer like total conversion mod, like totally changing the way that Daisy was meant to be be played, taking out a lot of the survival sort of elements and replacing them with. Um, other ways of getting what you need to survive that don't have to do with directly like scavenging, right? We essentially needed to find a new way for people to play the game without scavenging, which is what you primarily do in Daisy, right? Um, we developed uh, a bunch of systems uh, like faucets that gave you either currency or I ways to get currency. I didn't realize that hit so close to home for you. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I wouldn't have... <laughs> no, it's... I, listen. That was like a lived experience for you. I am now understanding. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude. I Listen, I'm like a almost two years removed 
from like the the core of this project i don't give a shit like <laughs> sure i i mean i do it hurts every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> my failings as a game designer <laughs> as a game designer quote unquote but yeah no i just uh we we developed this thing and we had this idea in our head about how it was going to work and uh we really what we were relying on and this sort of gets into the uh sort of sub community of rping what oh, just step back from the mic just a little bit oh my just bad yeah i'm i'm speaking all close to the microphone what's <laughs> oh, up goodness. what's up i'll leave that in it's kind uh, of normalized anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um what was I saying about fucking... Oh, yeah. We were planning on uh, a lot of the sort of um, gameplay to be emergent through roleplay, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, that was what we were designing. We were designing a total conversion mod with the thought that it'd be sort of like a closed community where a bunch of people could sort of RP these characters, and that's where a lot of the yeah. fun would come from. Yeah. So we under-designed... No small task. Yeah. yeah we, it's tough, yeah. We under-designed the core systems... With that thought, and also because none of us were like professional game designers, and mm-hmm. we like, we were essentially creating like a small MMO like yeah. system where like a persistent world in which the economy matters, not just for one person, but for like sure. the city as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we released it and it completely broke within like a couple of months. Yeah. Like, we created the problem of having way too many faucets. Like, it was really easy to get money um, in the game, uh, but oh, you had no... Yeah. So when you say faucet, yeah, you're not talking about a, a literal 3D model of a faucet. No. You're talking about like, like an, an injection like of a, cash yeah, into the economy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking you were talking about having a literal <laughs> no! really big oh, faucet dude, no. the entire <laughs> <I> time. Just... <laughs> I don't know why we were creating a game around the world. This changes my whole perspective. What? Oh my god, that's that's very good. I really thought you just had a big ass faucet. The city and not a big enough sink (laughs) as a model. (laughs) That's so good. The Daisy, the Daisy mod is entirely built. The city is built in a big ass sink. That's so good. Did you make the same? Am I crazy? Did any of you at home? I knew what Mac was talking about. Oh no! But at us, if you if you were in John's shoes, oh, no. let us know. Yeah, dude. That's great. That's great. That's that's very. Sorry, good. go it's off. Okay. Go off. Um, yeah. So we designed a system. That's so we good. designed a system. Wrap where... it up, though. I don't want to get exposed like that again. Yeah. <laughs> we designed a system in which uh, there were too many ways to get money. In the game, too many faucets, uh, but not enough meaningful things to spend that money on. Yeah, right. Um, because a lot of the things, because Daisy, I mean, it's a game of PvP, uh, so a lot of like the best, not best, but the most sought after items are like weapons, like guns and stuff. Yeah. But you can't buy that stuff inside of the city, so there's nothing to spend your money on. Right. So uh, you had the outside of like the walls, uh, like outside of the city. Think of like a quarantine zone, right? That's like the inside of the city where a lot of the interactions and the role player is happening. And then outside of the city, you have sort of like the normal Daisy, like loot uh, sort of based experience where you can scavenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The entire point became to, uh, and also there there was a police faction in the game. 
So Yikes. they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. Go on, though. Go on, though. I mean, they were they were the bad guys. So the yikes is okay. Okay, good, um, good. So, no lunar narrative dissonance. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay, so the so the two goals of the game essentially after a while after like the the newness and the coolness of the experience like wore off right because it was fairly unique uh for daisy at the time um after that wore off the only two things that people wanted to do really uh were either shoot at police officers uh i shouldn't say police officers uh the police faction in the game yeah, yeah. like they it's it's like a totalitarian state police force fight the totalitarian like police state faction or go outside the walls and play normal Daisy. Like they weren't interact. They like completely stopped interacting with like the systems uh, inside of the city for like the faucets and sinks because there just wasn't enough to do. So it totally broke like the progression system that we tried to create. There was like because that economy model, we tried building everything into it, but there just wasn't enough to do at the like the bottom like at like the base level like you could buy like yeah houses and shit or whatever but sure. who cares about that yeah, in yeah this video game where there's nothing to do inside of those houses you know what i mean and once again we were relying on like the thought that oh it's an rp server people are going to role play people are going to create their own stories that's going to carry a lot of the interaction turns out it didn't uh what carries the interactions in a lot of these servers is like at just the daisy the game like looting scavenging and people make their right. own fun out of that so uh yeah all told we spent untold amounts of money and time and effort building the system that no one ended up wanting because we just didn't play test it enough we worked on it and worked on it and worked on it it took us like nine months or ten months or whatever of development like a whole team like working on assets and models and systems and everything and yeah, we released it, and it's like, dude, this like sucks, <laughs> and it died in like a few months because it just wasn't fun. Damn, uh, and it sucks. So how does how does this like tie back to the the playtesting stuff we were talking about earlier? We didn't playtest it. If we would have playtested like at an early state, we I mean we we ran playtests, but right. we ran playtests whenever this like the systems weren't fully designed yet. So like we. We ran playtests without knowing, like, what the sort of full experience was going to be. And then when we finally developed that full experience, we just released it because we felt like we needed to. I feel like if we would have playtested a little more, like, had a few more closed playtests, we could have figured out that this actually isn't fun. Sure. But we sort of, like, blew our – because we were, like, marketing the thing and, like, you know, getting, like, hype ready and stuff. And we were like, dude, we need to, re- like, we've told people that we're releasing here. We need to hit this window or people are going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And so we released uh, thinking that we were ready. And in fact, we weren't at all. And yeah, we lost our player base. We lost a lot of interest. And uh, yeah, just couldn't. Uh, it also introduced the problem. Multiplayer games are fucking hard. Well, what, if I can interject. Yeah. What, it, just to like unstun lock you. Yeah. The <laughs> that's it's a great story. Like the cool story, bro. <laughs> Didn't ask. <laughs> no, I think like um, the the playtesting component of that, right? Like the yeah. type of experience you were trying to create, right, was um, one that like had you playtested and earlier or sooner or better or in a different way, right? Like yeah. 
um, you could have identified some of those challenges sooner on, right? Surely. Yeah. Um, but to the person who says don't play test, they don't care about that, right? They want to like make the thing that they want to make and send it out. And that's it. And that's it. And see what happens, right? Like perhaps that's the point. Maybe. Perhaps the chaos is the point. So that's yeah. like, I guess in our scenario, like failure wasn't an acceptable metric. So it ended up happening anyway. But that's not what, like we weren't okay with that. I guess in this scenario where you're okay with not playtesting your games, you also have to be okay with the thought of failure. Is that the... Well, the, in like failure to the non-playtester doesn't exist. Right. I think it's like John's point. Right. That's exactly right. Like there's no... You release the game and you're done. And that's there's it. There's no good game, bad game. It's just game. <laughs> you know? It's huh. just there. Yeah. But like you obviously had like... Like, you were designing and developing for a purpose. Like, you wanted it to be successful. You wanted the server... Yeah, we wanted it to work. <laughs> right. But, like, that's different than someone who just makes a game, throws it up on itch, and is like, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Do you think do. that, like... Okay, so the reason I asked in general is because does this work with a multiplayer component? Because you need people to, like, enjoy the game at some level in order to continue playing it in order for this to survive. Is it, like, okay to... Yes. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> you can do it, but, like, is that something that people normally do? They throw multiplayer games on itch? And no, just I want to be very clear. This, like, don't play test thing yeah, is, yeah. like, niche, and for people who are, like, doing it for very different reasons than they're trying to right. accumulate a mass user base or are they're trying to pay rent or they're trying right. to sustain, whatever. Right. Right? Like, that that take is very, like, removed from... I think a lot of, of normal like games development and games discourse. Yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I learned something new today. I feel like I've learned a lot new today. This is going to become the Mac learns about game design podcast. <laughs> uh, we have. We should wrap it up. Should, should we? I don't know. You still have that question that you. Oh had shit! Earlier. I don't even remember the question. If I'm being honest. There you with go. You. Okay. Maybe that's for next. Maybe I'll I'll listen back on this. Think Remember of the question it. again, that's right. yeah. and I'll save it for when you come back on for part two. Good, that's great. John, are you having fun? I'm having a great time. Dude, I had... I'm saying this not under duress. <laughs> yeah. John, <laughs> I think John has really elevated this pod. Agreed. Something crazy. It was, that was a great discourse. Yeah. That was awesome. I agree. Uh, I feel like I, I got BTFO'd a couple of times. <laughs> BTFO'd means blown the fuck out for the listeners at home. Got but, it. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say, like, beating the fuck up. Yeah. And I was, I was like, I was, I was like, going uh... to come back and I was like, oh, man, like, that's not, no, that's not yeah, the vibe we no. were trying to. Uh, I just feel like in general I need to, like, we are marketing this as a two game designers or two game develop. Oh, that's a, that's a good, that's a good distinction. Two game developers. We talked about that on episode one, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah, whole, yeah. this is like that was a whole 30 day. minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm just not, like. I feel like my game design knowledge is not up to scruff. I mean, of course it isn't. I didn't. For, for what kind of but that's discussion, like, though, that's right? That's like, game design. Like, I learn something new literally every day about game design. I learn something new in this podcast from John. Like, that's just how game design works. Yeah, I, that's I, I learned something new from Z. And to be honest, like, we as game designers are constantly learning from players as well, right? right? And yeah. so, like, you're also a player. You're somebody who plays games, right? And so that perspective is just as valuable to this conversation totally. as anything that, like, totally. a game designer could whip up. But, like, the number one thing I learned that I think is, like, 
truly an embodiment of like like a quote-unquote good game designer is to like not not be like not have hubris in like your ideologies and like your design like not gatekeep not gatekeep just like let just like listen intake learn yeah and grow like that's it that's like all you can really do as like a game designer okay because you're always making something different your audience is always different people you're working with is different so you can't like i don't know you can't like hold fast to like something and this is the right way to do it yeah like you just have to you have to grow and learn and mold yeah 100 percent. like good ideas truly do come from anywhere like yeah um whether it's on the team whether it's a player whether it's some emergent gameplay that you yeah. see right like the person who is playing the game and is getting the wrong answer or is doing the wrong thing is teaching you just as much as the person who's doing it right if not more right so that's very true there you go yeah and cool. with that super like what's the what's the word that people are gonna at you on twitter with this time around dude Ooh. it's gotta be dude we said something earlier uh sink yeah us with your favorite li- link us with your favorite home de- home depot sink <laughs> yeah and or faucet let us know what's your that's favorite. great yeah. yeah that's good yeah that's images good. make the algorithm go crazy you yeah know? let us know yeah maybe we'll trend oh man uh, john Just... any you want to shout out anything yeah you want to plug anything while you're here um i didn't come with it. y'all told me not to show up with anything we did. Uh, i don't have anything to plug i don't think I, i'm gonna sh- shout out like um organizing work in general super super fun super like great way to get involved in your community great way for me to feel like there's a little bit of hope out there right now too totally so shout out all the organizers any amount of work that you're doing in any area like that's freaking great um shout out uh sam Sorensen, i guess we gotta shout <laughs> yeah, out this sam, sam Sorensen. Uh, Dom Liotti as well. They're kind of like partners in crime a little bit. Um, uh, I don't know. Shout out mom. Uh, shout out my brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, sh- <laughs> Your counter-strike I'm just, just going to go down the list of contacts. Like <laughs> John is taking out a Rolodex right now. Yeah. That's right. That's right. A Rolodex, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yo, that's a deep cut. That is a deep cut. People aren't even going to know what that Link is. Link us your favorite Rolodex yeah. brand. Yeah, this is for the oldies out there. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, the, tw- yeah, the, the men over 25, know. you know? Yeah. The kids won't oh, know man. anything about this one. There it is. Yeah. Told you I was saving. Yeah. yeah, if you're a quarter was... of a century, let's let us go, know. dude. Let's go, dude. Throw down. This is a quarter of a century Stand up. podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Folks, this was Draw Call, episode two, with John Blau. Thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it, friends. Uh, man, that was awesome. This was super fun. All Thank right. you so much. And uh, now it's all over. Bye.